Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. Psalm 127, Psalm 127, Psalm 127 verses 3 through 5, I'm going to read it from three translations, the first one is the good news translation, I like that one, it says children are a gift from the Lord, and I know what some of you are saying, you don't know our kids. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a real blessing. The son a man has when he is young are like arrows in a soldier's hand. Happy is the man who has many such arrows. He will never be defeated when he meets his enemies in the place of judgment. Now, the same verses in the New Living Translation. The same verses in the New Living Translation says this, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. And then the final translation is the message translation. The message translation reads like this. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb is his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. In other words, let them out the front door and they will run over them getting out. All right, that's what that means. A couple of weeks ago while praying for some families in our church who were experiencing crises, this crazy phrase came up in me, just came up in me. Never leave the house naked. And immediately, I mean, I'm praying, and I get this phrase, never leave the house naked. First thing I did was check my zipper to make sure it was, was zipped up. Immediately, I chuckled to myself and thought, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I'm thinking, man, that's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. I redirected my thoughts and attention back on my prayer focus, praying for a couple of families in our church who were really going through some things. And once again, it just came up in my spirit. Never leave the house naked. Then suddenly, just like a machine gun bullet, these verses started popping into my mind. Romans 13, 14. Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Romans 13 verse 12 popped in my my mind. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Suddenly I thought of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Put on the new nature. 
created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And then I thought of the one that we all know, six, Ephesians 6, 11, put on all of God's armor. Put it on so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Here's something else we're to put on. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You've got to put it on. You've got to clothe yourself. And then Colossians three fourteen, the one I remember more than any. Above all, clothe yourself with love. You know, every step out of love is a step in sin. Every step out of love is a step in sin. Every day I, ch- I challenge myself, every opportunity, to walk in love. And you know, you don't walk in love, you don't get to walk in love until something happens in your life that tries to move you away from an action of love. Love is not a feeling, love is an action. Every step out of love is a step in sin. I, uh, I've been blessed with good health. And one day in prayer, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why? You know, I've never had a surgery. I never spent a night in a hospital. In fact, I had to go get a procedure done the other day. And the guys was asking me, do you ever had this? You ever had this? How old are you? I said, I'm 59. You ever had this? No. You got this? No. You take this? No. And then after about seven or eight things, he asked me and I said, no. He looked at me. The technician looked at me and he said, well, why are you having this done? I said, because your boss said I needed to. And I, I've asked the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm blessed with health. I'm blessed. Now, short, fat boys are not supposed to be healthy. But I'm blessed with health. And you know what I've noticed? What I've noticed, when you walk in love, you work to walk in love, there's a protection over you. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. It's not easy. Sometimes I want to get people back. Sometimes when they hurt me or hurt my family, I want to hurt them back. Oh, pastor, you do that? You better believe. I want to. Some of you, I'm telling you, one of these days, you're going to catch me on a day where the love walk's not welling up in me. But every day that we walk in love is a day that for opportunity for God's blessings and God's health and God's strength to work mightily in our life. The Bible says to clothe yourself with love. Clothe your... So it's intentional. You have to do it. It doesn't come automatic. It's an intentional thing we have to do. Every single day I hear reports about our brothers and sisters in our church fellowship encountering crises and finding themselves in the middle of turmoil, unprepared. Unprepared. There are two misconceptions about the walk of faith. There's two great misconceptions about our journey in faith. Misconception number one, if I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I will not encounter troubles or difficulties. Wrong. That's a wrong misconception. Don't believe that. Anybody ever told you that? That's not true. Ephesians 6.11 says this, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So by telling us that we have to put on armor lets us know a battle is coming. So just accepting Christ as Lord and Savior doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. Second misconception is this. If I have enough faith, I will not encounter troubles or difficulties. If I have enough, I just need more faith. I just need more faith. I just need more faith. Wrong. 
Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus says this, Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it, it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now here's the thing we have to learn about this passage. Jesus said this, is those who listened to the word and those who did not listen to the word, both of them had the storms of life coming. Understand this, having faith does not exempt us from the storms of life. Having faith refuses to allow the storms of life to determine your destiny. Okay. Well, if I just read more, I wouldn't have this coming at me. Oh, no, the storms of life come. It comes to the people who listen. It comes to the people who do not listen. The key is when the storm does come, it's not if it's coming, it's when it comes, what is going to be the result of the storm. If you don't listen, you're going to crash. If you do listen, the storm will be passed and you'll still be standing. We have all met individuals who've allowed a setback or a disappointment, a failure, or a crisis become their identity in life. Somebody hurt them. Somebody did them wrong. Some company failed them. Some spouse rejected them or betrayed them. Some family member stole from them. Some sickness paralyzed them. Something happened, and they let that disappointment, that failure, that hurt, that betrayal become their identity in life. They encounter trauma and it forms and shapes their life from that moment, usually with bitterness, usually with a victim mentality, with hurt or regret. And understand, every storm, every storm of life we encounter has a purpose to either destroy us or to damage us. If Satan cannot destroy us, he desires to damage us so that our effectiveness will be limited. Some of you are encountering some very difficult moments right now. You're in a season of struggle. And that thing, you need to understand, it's come to do one of two things. Either destroy you or to damage you. And if Satan cannot take you out, he wants to make you bitter for the rest of your life. He wants to wound you for the rest of your life. The storms of life will come, but the Lord has given us armor and spiritual clothing to protect us and our family. But we must put our spiritual clothing and armor on. You've got to put it on. So on these lessons on Sunday mornings, we have discovered you've got to put on the Lord Jesus. You've got to put on the Lord Jesus every day. What does that mean, Pastor? It means to daily live with the awareness. Daily live with the awareness that we are born again children of God. You've got to live with that awareness. You've got to put him on every day. I'm born again. You leave that house, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm the righteous of the Lord. My sins are covered. Jesus lives in me. I'm no longer a slave to the sinful desires that's going to try to trap me today. And maintain a continual consciousness that Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. 
Somebody emailed me this week and I said, they said, well, Pastor, I'm just going through a difficult season. I'm going through, it was a pastor from Illinois. I'm going through a difficult season. I'm going through, I'm, I'm just feel like giving up. I said, you've got to remember, Christ lives in you. The greater one lives in you. And you've got to have that consciousness. Some days it seems like the trial and the struggle and the hurt and the pain and the disappointment is the greatest thing. That's all you can see. But somewhere on the inside, you've got to strengthen yourself in the Lord and remind you that Christ lives in you. The one who defeated Satan, he lives in you. And you you and I must have that continual awareness. And then the second thing we've learned in this study last week, you've got to put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. We're in a battle. Suit up every day. Ephesians six eleven. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. What is the armor of God? Well, look at verse 14. Ephesians six fourteen. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Verse 15. For shoes put on the peace that comes from God. Good news that you will be fully prepared. Verse 16. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What does that mean, Pastor? Live with the awareness. Every day you've got to remind yourself, my foundation for living is truth. I live in truth. I'm not walking in deception. I'm not going to be a part of deception. My foundation is truth. My identity is righteousness. I'm not an addict. I'm not a divorcee. I'm not not this. I'm not that, that Satan would try to tell you. I'm not jealous. I'm not envious. I'm not those things. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My identity is righteousness. My path is peace. I tell you what, I'm looking for peace. I'm not looking for any more drama in my life. I'm staying away from drama. You got drama, you walk that road as long as you want to. I'm over here on the peace path. My feet are shod with the gospel of peace, the Bible. It says, I walk in peace. I'm always looking to walk in peace. If I find myself in a dramatic situation with a bunch of drama, I'm looking for the peace exit. Constantly looking for the peace exit. My protection is faith. It's not doctors. I thank God for them. It's not the government. I thank God for them. It's not the military. I thank God. My protection is my faith in the name. My mind is renewed. The helmet of salvation. My mind is renewed. I think as a Christian now. I don't think the way I used to. And my weapon is the Word of God. I got a Sig. I got a Glock. I got a. I got a rifle. I've got. I've got a Ruger. I've got several things. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I got something greater than that. It's the Word of the Living God. That's alive and powerful. I've never fired those guns. Some of those gun pistols I have, I've never fired them. Boy, they look good on the shelf. In fact, if somebody breaks in, I'll say, Man, to get the gun! I mean, it, it looks good. I wouldn't even know how to shoot some of them. I can't even get some of them out of the case. But I fire the Word of God every single day of my life. Fire it every single day of my life. My protection is the Word of God. So never leave your house spiritually naked. Put on the Lord Jesus... And put on the armor of God. Now this morning, let me share this with you for the next ten minutes. Never leave your, let your children leave the house naked. They'll call DCS on you now. 
Never let your children leave the house naked. As parents and guardians, we have the God-given responsibility to physically protect our children. But don't you know something? As a child of God, you have the responsibility, you and I have the responsibility to spiritually dress our children. You're going to physically dress them for 18, 19 years. The spiritual impartation you put in their life is going to last with them for an eternity. I want to tell you something. I've learned now that my children are older, it's more important for me to dress them spiritually than it is to make sure they have designer on physically. Physically, for a few years. Ends up at Goodwill, ends up at the trash can. What I dress them spiritually carries them for the rest of this life and in forever into the eternal life. Growing up, I never enjoyed the winter. I don't know about you, but I just didn't enjoy the winter. I'm so glad we live mostly in the south. It's south, pretty south. So we don't get bad winters. I didn't enjoy the winter because it was cold and you're limited. When I was growing up, you were limited in going outside. Kids nowadays just don't seem to want to go outside. But we didn't have iPads and we didn't have Kindles. And we had three channels, ABC, NBC, and CBS. How many remember those? And if you stayed home during the day, uh, all you had was soap opera. Another world, as the world turns, general hospital. I tell you, my, my grandmother, I used to stay with her, and she loved as the world turns. Bob and Lisa got divorced and remarried 14 times. It was a Wednesday night, and Annie Jones Dickey got up and said, Y'all remember to pray for Bob and Lisa. They're going through it again. I realized right then as a young man, this woman has, have a, has some separation issues. She cannot separate reality from, from soap operas. We spent, as growing up, most of our waking moments, especially during the daytime, outside. We didn't want to stay inside. But even when we were allowed to go outside in the winter, we had to wear a coat. And I just despised the coat. A coat has its benefits in the winter, but for young boys, those benefits are a nuisance. A coat limits your flexibility. You can't kick the ball as well in kickball with a coat, and you can't shoot the ball as well with a big old coat on on the playground. A coat creates wind resistance. You can't run as fast as in a coat. Now, I never was invited to be on the speed races in my school. But in a, if I was wearing a coat, I couldn't even come in last place. <laughs> Coats create wind resistance. As a young boy, a coat is something else you've got to keep up with. I lost numerous coats in my childhood days. I have no idea where they went. My mother would say, what happened to your coat? I don't know. I left, it left the house with me. I have no idea where it went. And as parents, we would never consider allowing our children to leave the house in the winter without proper clothing. We, it wouldn't even enter our minds. At the beach during the summer, I'm amused as mothers lather up their children with sunscreen. Moms put that sunscreen on so thick and they rub it in every crease on their child's body. 
Little boys are ready for that sunscreen bath to get over with, and little girls want twice as much rubbed on them. In the summer, we want to enjoy the sun, the sand, and the water. In the winter, we want to enjoy the snow and the ice, but not at the expense of our children's protection. But spiritually, we often allow our children to rush out of the house daily without proper spiritual attire. (coughs) Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. The message translation says it this way, Point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. Look back to Psalm 127, verse 4. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. The psalmist refers to our children as arrows. Our children are weapons. Arrows are not to be kept safe in a container. They are to be released to make an impact upon the world. An arrow is only as effective as the craftsmanship in which it is made. Parents, we have a responsibility before God to craft our arrow in the image of God. As parents, we are arrow crafters. The question that I ask, and I want to ask you, how much time am I investing in crafting my God-given arrow? How much time am I investing in crafting my God-given arrow? I'll finish with this, and we're going to talk about that next week, about the arrow. But I'll finish with this. Uh, I recently read a list compiled by a group of children's counselors who were Christians. And they did a list of nine or ten things, and it was how to ruin your kid's life. How to ruin your kid's life. So here, I've got a list for you. How to ruin your kid's life. Number one, give your kid everything he wants. Don't deny what they truly makes them happy. Overvalue money and things in their eyes. If you want to ruin their life, just give them everything they want. All right? Give them everything. Number two, dress your child in designer clothes no matter the cost. Show her that her outward appearance matters most of all. Now this is children's counselors wrote this. How to ruin your children's life. Dress them in designer no matter what the cost. Show them that way they look and what they're wearing means more than anything else in the world. If you want to ruin their life. Number three, place your child's needs over those of your spouse. Now some of you do that. If they cry, run to her immediately. If she interrupts, give her your full attention. Getting quiet in here now. Getting quiet in here. I'm going to tell you, one of these days, your kids are gone. And you're going to be sitting there looking at somebody that you have forgot who they were. Because we've put all our attention. We live in the age of children. 
And that is wonderful, and it's great, and I, you know I love kids as much as anybody, but we cannot forget the person whom God brought to us before the children ever showed up, and that's our spouse. Number four, if you want to ruin your kid's life, entertain your child throughout the day. If she wants to play tea, put your plans aside. If she wants to watch her favorite movie for the hundredth time, E.T., it was Casey. At least she had the right initials. Forget forget your idea of going for a walk and getting for some sunshine because it's their world and we're living in it if you want to ruin their life. Number five, sign your child up for as many extracurricular activities as he desires. If it means giving up your evening plans on a regular basis, makes no difference. Don't worry about trying to gather around the dinner table either. He can only be in the junior soccer league for so long, so you don't want him to miss out. So sign him up for everything. Can I tell you that our challenges in our home with our son began with travel ball. Travel ball. I'm the preacher. And I let him go miss two Sundays a month for travel ball. He played everywhere from Ohio all the way down to Miami, Florida. He went to college playing ball. And I thought, well, my son, you know, he's the preacher's kid. He's been in church all of his life. And then it was travel basketball. And then it was football tryouts. And all of a sudden now, we didn't know the weekend, there wasn't even an hour or an hour and a half for the Lord once a week. Because the thrill of our life became escaping for the weekend. Now I want you to know, I'm all for travel ball. I think it's wonderful. And cheer and dance And all these wonderful, they're great. They're great social builders. But the truth of the matter is, everything needs to have boundaries. Everything has boundaries. We are one generation. Your family is one generation away from falling out of fellowship with the Lord and two generations for even knowing there is a God. Every family is one generation from falling out away from the Lord, falling away from the Lord and two generations from even having an identity that there's a God. And if church and spiritual growth does not become a major foundation of our life, it only takes one generation removed from that before people it just be, Jesus just becomes a social event and then two generations they don't even know that there is a God. Parents, I know some of you have very talented children. Some of you have very blessed children, and they need to, and they're so wonderful and precious, and they, you need to get them in many of those activities. But let me ask you something. Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you said, okay, we're going to do this, but we're not going to do all of this because... Once a week, we're going to give... People say, well, you don't have to go to church. No, you don't have to go to church. Let me ask you, how many hours a week are you spending with your children talking about the things of God? 
No, you don't have to go to church. Okay, substitute that with you sitting down and having worship, you sitting down and teaching them the word of God from a a spiritual leader. How many times does that happen in your family? It's not a matter of should we do it or not. It's a matter of having boundaries on it. Moderation. Oh, boy. I'm t- I, I'm, you, I, you, listen to me. You know I love you. I go to your kids' games. I've showed up at your kids. We love that. Matt and I drove by Oakland baseball field this week, and they were playing baseball. And I said, man, I miss that. I miss that. This is the baseball season. Man, I was out there. I did my I cast devils out in the morning, and every afternoon I went to baseball practice. <laughs> If you were a devil and you need to be dealt with in the afternoon between 2 and 5, you waited till the next morning. I'm going to my son's baseball practice. Devil, you stay home. I'll get you in the morning. All right? I loved it. But there came a time that it took over our life. And I'm the pastor. Let me tell you what the Lord showed me. He said, you know, this is not about your son and his gift now. This is about your escape. This is not about your son and his gift. This is about your escape. You're doing this to escape. And you're piggybacking on your son's gift. And I had to deal with myself. And it was that time in our life that I released him to play ball every weekend in this church. That all of a sudden, the seed of sin started working in his life. And hanging around children who Jesus was not a major portion of their life. It wasn't an intentional thing that they turned him against Jesus. I just removed him from the godly influence that he needed to wash him and keep him in the middle of the road every single week. It was my responsibility. So let me, let me warn you parents. They don't have to sign up for everything. They need to sign up for something. I'm all for it. Man, I want to go. In fact, I believe you need to spend your money on the best equipment. Just spend all your money except your tithe on your kids. I, I just think that's wonderful. Get you, get, there will be some people in the church that will help you with that. Bubba will help you with that. He's got one getting ready to go to college, and he's got all kind of money to spend on kids. Keep boundaries. If you want to ruin your kids, just let them do everything. And forget about Jesus. Next. Next one. What's the next one? Number six. Don't discipline your child when she acts up. Everyone should learn to express himself or herself in their own way. If she demands something, then applaud her for her efforts. At least you know she will not be a pushover or a doormat in this world. I still think the sweetest sound as a parent is that belt coming out of those belt straps. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to do nothing. Just let that belt come out. Oh, man, I mean, that's great. You don't have to hit nobody with nothing. You discipline your children? Yeah, I just go. We had the grandchildren over not long ago. Grandbabies. They was screaming. I said, don't do that. Don't do that. And they just looked at me and did it anyway. All of a sudden, I unbelt and I just, man, they sat down. I didn't touch them. I didn't. I just took my belt off. That belt coming out. 
How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, put the fear of God in you. Number seven, don't worry when your child fights with the neighbor kids or even when he's a bully. Life is not fair and someone always must be the underdog. At least your child is learning to elbow their way at the, to the top at a young age. If you want to ruin your kids. Christian counselors said this. Number eight, when your child has a disagreement with their teacher, always choose your child's side. Well, I hear this all the time. Don't show up when the teacher wants to discuss your child's problems. The teacher wants to take a course of disciplinary action, and that'll hurt your child's feelings. Our teachers, bless their heart, I pray for them every week. They are in a very difficult situation. Our policemen and our teachers are in a very difficult situation. We're living in a lawless society. Number nine, don't share your faith with your child if you want to ruin their life. After all, you don't want to offend them. Let your child decide if she wants to hear Bible stories. And don't pressure her to memorize scripture verses. She might get disheartened if she doesn't get it right the first time and you'll ruin her self-esteem. More than that, you don't want her to know there's a God who runs the universe, makes the rules, and determines eternity. The thought is too hard and your child might not understand. More than that, she won't be self-dependent and strive to be a good person. If you want to ruin your children. Never let your children leave the house naked. They're arrows in the hands of a mighty man. Next week, we're going to talk about the arrow. There's four components of an arrow. Four different components of an arrow. And they represent your children. There's the shaft of the arrow, which is the identity of your child. You know, a lot of people are confused about their identity now. They don't even know if they're a man or a woman. How can you find your place in life if you don't know your identity? The second thing of an arrow is the feathers. The fletchling. That's the character of your child. An arrow with good feathers can make a great impact and go a long distance. An arrow with poorly crafted feathers not go very far at all. The third thing of an arrow is the knock. It's that little indention in the end of the arrow where you attach it to the bow, the string of the bow. It's called the knock. That's your child's relationships. No arrow can go anywhere on its own until it's attached to a relationship with that bow. And our children's relationships with the other children it's vitally important to their destiny in life. And then final part of the arrow is the part we know about. It's the point. That's your child's mission. The place they're going. The destiny they're headed. The purpose for their life. Where they're going to stick. Your point. We'll talk about that next week. Never let your children leave the house naked. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.